0: Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Welcome, and it's with pleasure that I introduce our
1: Year 3 board. Business of the Year Award winners 2022, Damian Nedekan and Trevor Ackland from NHA. Welcome, guys. So good to have you here. Let me just start by saying your income increase in the last 12 months has been 23.5% and you have nailed and continue to nail that $2 million mark in business. The gross profit volume uplift has been 57.8% and your net operate net operating profit volume increase, I just have to really look at this number and truly consume this, has been a whopping 322.2% increase. And we are continuing that trend as we speak. And it's um, a pleasure to have both of you here uh, to uh, to share a little bit of the journey and uh, what is it that it takes uh, to build a business that's on that trajectory and um, the future is looking great. So, Trevor, as I share those, those data points, I mean, Being an award winner of Business Benchmark Group, it is very much about the numbers, top line, middle line, bottom line. That's about the consistency. It's not about, hey, Stefan, who's your favourite client? Let's give them an award, right? So, and in fairness, you are one of our favourite clients, but most importantly, the results have been phenomenal. So, Trevor, when I reflect on those numbers and the year that's just been had, what goes through
2: your mind? 322% net profit. Uh, increase is, is quite amazing. So that's what goes through my head. And I think we've always had steady growth at Enhard, really steady, sustainable growth. But we haven't had that real bottom line net profit improvement, which we've had this year. So that excites me. Um, it's Going into business was really never about money for me. It was on a bit of a whim I got into business, um, and never thought I'd make money in this business actually until we started with Benchmark Group, and yeah, it's sort of it's coming. So. Um, hopefully we can continue that well we're, we're pretty hard to continue that kind of 322% growth, but if that comes, we will be we'll all be retiring next year, but hopefully we're gonna have some um, yeah continue with that kind of net profit margin that we've we've developed over the last couple of years. And it does seem like we've uh,
1: we've stabilised that that um, the net op- operating profit level as it relates to you know yes it's been a monumental shift from where we were twelve or so months ago and stabilising is a key component of you know control stability you know plan execution and learning how to say no in all fairness, Damien as I as I throw to you as it relates to uh, the business and its results but also the continuum of the results, uh, firstly. ENHAR, what does it stand for? What is ENHAR?
3: Okay, so when I founded, uh, before Trevor um, came and joined as partner, it was about energy and harmony. So energy supplies that are working with the natural uh, renewable resources and, and uh, getting rid of all the pollution in the old clean, uh, sort of dirty energy sector. So that's what's always motivated me straight out of school, uh, build a solar panel um, system when I was 14 and didn't look back since then. So. Yeah, Enhar's a, a been, a, been a great um, journey. I'm proud to have, uh, be standing here and um, yeah, to stand on the award stage with Trevor a few days ago um, is, uh, I think mostly it's a testimony to the, the long-term um, staying in the ring. And that's what I like about your sort of, um, you know, system of benchmarks around staying in the ring um, with that conviction and, and that vision and, and just getting better at delivery.
1: As well as sale, so yeah, it's been I good. love that. I love that, and um, you know, when we think about how easy it is to go outside of the ring, using your reference there, or or outside of our guardrails, and getting a bit excited about new ideas and new schemes and new, 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 it um, it can certainly lead us down a uh, a uh, an excitable in the first minute, but very disappointing in the tenth minute um, outcome in terms of you know we're always starting things and never finishing. But in true fashion, um, you guys have been really consistent and continuously uh, moving your business in 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 the right direction. And here we are, you know, where truly we've we've hit a milestone. Uh, you guys are in better control than you've ever been. You're growing an amazing team, and and your business is truly a uh, a business that has a uh, a significant level of A grade customers and and um, and suppliers wanting to do business with you. How long have you been part of the Business Benchmark Group community, Damien?
3: I've got about four years, I think, on my list. So it's been, yeah, it's been good pre-COVID, through COVID, and now
1: out the other side. So, yeah. And 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 again, I'll throw this to Trevor as it relates to, um, you know, if you think about four years ago, the crossroad. You weren't broken, but you were at a crossroad as a business, as a partnership. And um, how did you find out about Business Benchmark Group, and why did you decide to join the program at that particular point, Trevor?
2: Uh, we never really discussed a, um, a business coach, and maybe Damien did early on, but I didn't think it would be worthwhile. And then, funny enough, Damien called me one day and kept calling. Um, you're off Damien, who we love. Um, and at the time, I think me and Damien were sort of maybe not moving in the same direction, and um, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start it, so we could move in the right direction, learn more about business, not just about the green stuff, the you know renewable energy that we want to be involved in, and actually you know do this as a you know well I thought as a as a proper business for the long term where we where we can sort of have a sustainable business. But I think mainly for me it was just to get me and Damien on the same page. Damien in the business partner, Damien, Damien, um, on the same page, um, and moving forward. And and uh, I think it's I think it's worked well. It would definitely work yeah.
1: well. Yeah. Well, definitely. And um, and if you think about you know so many partnerships in business out there, sort of be known to them they sort of grow apart don't they or they or they or they look back at a certain point and you know what started out as a great idea is now their greatest problem like it's the relationship that's not working because there's misalignment or uh, you know a lack of understanding as to what's important. In, within the partnership um, relationship, so Damien, from your perspective, and and listening to uh, listening to what just Trevor just shared, you know, what what is it that you, uh, if you reflect back, you know, four four or so years ago when we first met and the opportunity that was afforded in terms of you know joining our community, what is it that you reflect on as it relates to making that decision with Trevor to go on this journey together? Yeah, well,
3: it was it was quite fortuitous. I have, I do um personal development work and, and kind of uh, trainings um, in my personal life, but it's been great to bring that together with a business uh, partner and um, and in a business community, people that are, um, are continually taking themselves to the next levels. That I think for me, the decision to join was uh, similarly driven by, you know, strengthening our joint um, approach and joint vision, but, but also, uh, having uh, experienced um, mentors to back us to go to the next level and to see the potential in what we've started and, and even see perhaps beyond the horizon of what what we were seeing four years ago. Um, and that was a that was a welcome kind of signpost, I think to to where we now both want the business to go as, as a long-term sustainable, profitable enterprise.
1: And if we think about, just reflect on for a moment, you know, four or so years ago, there was yourself, Trevor and the team. What what was the size or look and feel of the team, you know, four or so years ago? And what does that look like today as it relates to the comparative?
3: Team four years ago, probably have been about 40% less um, in terms of numbers of people. Obviously, we've, I think we've, Double or more than doubled the turnover in the last four years, so um, that's been pretty exciting. Um, and uh, but it's mostly about the the refinement of of delivery and and gross profit, etc. Uh, more so than than building you know, a lot more people in because we've definitely got a
1: lot more uh, delivery achieved achieving now than we did with the same team. So and we talk we talk about the five phases of business small business anywhere in the world any industry but specifically here in um, this part of the world Australia New Zealand and the first million dollars is the hardest million dollars you'll ever make because in a fiscal year in a financial year because it's just really centered around the ownership um, and the leadership piece and then you know we get to two million and we got a bit more leverage and a and, and some refinement that's starting to take place in our organisational chart. Our future leaders are starting to step up, and you know, thinking about where you guys, are, where NHAR is right now, because it's the business now that's got its own identity. And you guys are sort of, you know, still the owners and leaders, but we're we're releasing as we go in terms of um, disciplines and authority and and opportunity into our team now. So the third phase that you're entering now is that two to five million dollar phase. And knowing what I know, that can happen really quick. And it ain't about speed. It's just about leverage and leveraging our people, leveraging our relationships, our reputation. So when you think about the next phase, and again, it's not about speed. It's about thinking about it. How do you embrace this next phase going from a $2 million to a $5 million as a concept? It's not like it has to happen or we fail, but as a concept, it's a journey we all go on in business if we allow it to happen. What do you feel, like, let's start with you, Trevor. What do you feel might get in the way of this next phase in your business? Now that we've stabilised, you know, efficiencies, effectiveness, right customer, right job, right margins, we're delivering on time and on budget, those things now are part of our reputation. We can only scale that now. What do you think will get in the way in this next phase as it relates to our continuing to lead this business?
2: It's not me getting in the way. Um but uh, maybe team, I think. I think team's a bit of an issue for us now building that A-grade team. We really want to build and continue with A-grade uh, team members only. And I think that's been a bit of a challenge over the last few months Where as we're trying to move into this area where we could see that real growth up to that $5 million mark and, and having the team to deliver that because some of our team are not quite there. I don't think in that space in the larger scale projects that we haven't yet yeah, cracked and and that's really the growth area that I see. And so building that team, I think, is the key right
1: now. And, and Damien, from your perspective, and, and, and it is, it's a fundamental uh it's a fundamental shift as owners and leaders, just coming to terms with it's not that the people we have right now are not of a caliber that doesn't make them a grade, they're just not of a caliber that takes and and, and truly influences a five or a twenty-five million dollar version. Of the business, and it ain't about being big either. I just want to be really clear: it's about the stepping up. You know, when the tide goes up, all boats go up with it. So, you are at a crossroad, and and you know, we, we have clients that have been on this journey for ten and fifteen years, and I'm no different in the uh, in the same journey. You get to a crossroad where the the human capital play, the play about investing in higher level expertise joining the team, and being attractive enough to attract them as you're continuously growing the ones from the ground up, you know, that that point at a crossroad of a business that, you know, has been in our environment for three or four or five years is the critical path forward. So, Damien, from your perspective, do you have anything different to say about this next phase to Trevor? I'll
3: build on it that I'm, what I'm excited about for the next chapter is that team, that the management team, uh, coming into place who can really uh, drive the, the sales and the delivery across all our service areas and do that at a, at a level as good or, or better than um, what it is currently with me and Trev still quite heavily involved. So that's, um, yeah, a very uh, worthwhile outcome from my perspective. Um, and it is. I think the growing pains for me is around uh, taking the plunge with those higher um, level hires, and and you know take p- perhaps the, the numbers are bigger, um, and so the the decision I guess needs to be uh, have more confidence with it. And and hiring hasn't you know been a particular strong point. I think. Um, it's been organic. It's been word of mouth, um, and that will continue. But but getting strategic about it and systematic uh, seems to be you know, probably a skill that we're going to really need to to build the team um, and maintain
1: it. So I'd say that's a challenge, not necessarily a barrier. Mate, well, well, well said. And uh, knowing what I know, it is it is definitely about the identity shift at the at the ownership level. It's about truly being the leader that's moving from being the owner of the business to being the investor in the business. So what you just referenced is, you know, if you're going to bring talent in to support the talent that's within, you will need yeah. to invest. You'll need to invest. There's no two ways about it. And, 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 you know, human beings with great track record, you know, you need you know to bring them into a small business, you need to invest. But it's... um. So your next one, two moves in building the human capital, building the org chart, the management team as you referenced, is going to need an investor mindset versus perhaps the owner mindset that was more committed to growing them from the ground up. Does that make sense? And in saying that, knowing what I know and and, and hearing what you just both just uh, shared in the space of the next phase, this is exactly what's in front of you and it's exciting. And as long as we're true to our total employment cost versus income ratio and we're true to saying yes to the ideal customer at the ideal job at the ideal margin and we are getting better at, truly really getting better at, you know, what did we budget, forecast, estimate what's actually happening in execution, which are things that you're already demonstrating excellence in, then the layering of bringing in a... Uh, a significantly senior and or further senior people into the business might go one step back to go four steps forward. And that's where you're at, which is why the $2 million to $5 million phase, which we call the third phase of business here at Business Benchmark Group, happens way quicker, way sooner in timeline than it did to get to your first $2 million. And only 7% of businesses ever get to $2 million. So there's another... Uh, fact that you you may have heard before um but but you need to celebrate that only 7% of small businesses in the world ever get to a $2 million revenue line in their in their fiscal year that's that's a, that's a stat and uh, you're already in the top 7% of businesses in the world and therefore continue to get out of your own way Right, that's my uh, my very early in this podcast uh, <laughs> recommendation, which uh, I do say uh, as 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 a uh, giggle because as I say it, I also hear it. <laughs> uh, let, let, let's reflect on the six pillars. Right? we've we've been um, in this podcast series here. We've been discussing and sharing with 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 clients at various levels. You know, year one, year two, year three, year four, year seven. We've been talking about the. Uh, the six pillars, you know, whether it's that time management element, the default diary, as we call it here, the key numbers dashboard, the quote register, the work in progress scheduling, the cash flow forecasting, heaven heaven needs a, uh, a bow to that one, and or, uh, you know, KPIs and critical drivers, which sit squarely in that talent mapping and, and the progression of roles and responsibilities um, space. When you think about the six pillars and where where and what they meant for you, you know, four years ago, and how every ninety days we are reviewing, reflecting, and resetting through a traffic light system, whether we are or we are not. How do you reflect on those pieces? Those what we call our uh, our fundamentals, and and we grow amazing businesses from there. So, how do you reflect on those um, elements referred to as the six pillars here?
2: Well, from where we were four, three, four years ago, yeah, we didn't we didn't know anything about business really. We were just doing the jobs and that job sounded good and we'll do it and didn't really think about it and we just let everyone in and any job was a good job. But now it's said, yeah, knowing our ideal target market was a big one early on, um, knocking back clients who, are, who, are, who are aren't ideal, aren't A-grade clients as well. Um, time management is still a big one that I struggle with. Always, default diary, or I've got it, got it there, but I don't always stick to it, I try. Um, so all those things and combined, you know, little, little bits and pieces that you get each time we do that review is um, always worthwhile. Um, KPIs is another one with our staff and also between directors as well, keeping keeping us two honest, which is good. And, and then at the end of the month, having Damien really come down on, hard on us when um, we don't perform is another great thing I, I do enjoy about, about the Business Measurement Group. And hearing about the issues of, of our fellow uh, board members um, in in the group, so um, yeah, it's, it's so. It,
1: it, it is it is, it is um, it, it's sage to be in a room where you know there, there's there's confidence and vulnerability and courage as it relates to speak, as it also is to listen, right? Get the feedback, provide feedback. You know, there's there's some there's some real skill in. Uh, in building the courage uh, for that, and and therefore, you know, business success is not for everyone. In my opinion, it's not. It's you know, many of us start our business and to move it forward in a certain direction. It's it's important to you know go and do the market research. What is it, what else is happening out there in the business world, and uh, and being a structured process for that is a uh, it is a guaranteed way to definitely be elevating. Your, uh, your personal success and your business success. So for you Damien when you think about your uh, you know, your reflection on the six pillars and, and, and you know j- just reflecting on the board report that you create every month as a, as a business these days versus where it was three years ago when you started doing the board reports um, just that exercise alone how much um, insight does that provide for the two of you at a leadership level at a stakeholder level, I'm not sure whether you're sharing some of that board report with some of your growing team at the moment. However, when you think about the board report and the six pillars, how does that play out for you, Damien?
3: Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good routine to have that monthly overview. And yeah, our um, our internal finance uh, uh, skill set and and uh, resource got really really good. Um, so yeah, really grateful to our um so finance coordinator who's really mastering the data analysis and feeding that into me and Trevor as well as the analytics we get from business benchmark and um but yeah actually making use of those numbers to uh, i guess identify challenges um celebrating wins um is yeah something that's important to do on on a monthly basis as well so yeah the pillars um I think are more second nature now than they were. There's still always more to learn, but uh just thinking about finances as one pillar, uh the the um the the control and um transparent visibility we have on on our finances is uh it's just locked in. It's just uh it's just how we operate now. So there's yeah, a very high level of um management uh control on, on finances, and that's that's excellent, and that's never going to go back. So yeah, I'm pleased with that. Um, and there's other pillars that we're probably you know going to be putting more growth in because they're not as strong. But yeah, it's good. It's good uh, to have the structure there.
1: Yeah, no, de- definitely. And uh, you know, the, the finance piece, which rhymes with sleep at night or at least if you're not sleeping, you know exactly why not, right? Is is uh, fundamental uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, in your personal lives, guys, I mean, how's being part of the Business Benchmark Group community made a difference to you and your loved ones? In other words, you know, we're we're very much around, you know, quality business, but not at the expense of quality life. We we we. It's important to you know. I play on the word of in harmony, the harmony of quality business must always come back to a place called quality of life as well making sure that we have that harmony that balance is in sync and front of mind which ultimately means our loved ones are also benefiting as a result of getting better doing better in business right not just financially but just you know the, the stuff that can be the, the the negative health stuff as it relates to anxiety stress frustration anger you bring that home at the end of a working day. It's 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 challenging for our loved ones. So in your case, you know, four years on, um, let's start with you, Damien. Um, how has um, being part of the business benchmark group on a personal level made a difference to you and your loved ones, family and friends?
3: It's a positive difference. That having um, yeah, coach environment where we can take uh, significant, let's say, uh, heated discussions and get them. And get, get productive outcomes from that in a, in a way that has, has been really, um, yeah, I think very beneficial to me personally and to the business partnership relationship we've got here. And um, I'd say that there was a follow on effect to, you know, my, my family, you know, like to celebrate with me when they see the business um, succeeding. And, and that's been more of a regular feature over the last few years. So that's a plus. Um, I'm always looking for the next level of challenge so I'm not sure that's changed much in the last four years and I don't probably want it to but um, but I do feel like confidence in what we've got here and where it's going so that's um, that's a good stabilising feature for me
1: yeah excellent and Trevor for
2: you oh well, yeah work-life balance work-life balance has always been important to I think both of me and Damon so we, I think that's well, that's definitely improved for me a bit more, a uh, bit more life, less work, um, which I enjoy. I've got a busy, busy life outside work, which I um I I, I love. So um I guess in, the improvement there is that I guess we had good life work life balance four years ago. Perhaps we didn't we weren't making the <laughs> the money, to be honest, um, to be able to enjoy some of the the better things in life that, that comes with more money. So I think that's probably where I see the, the improvement. Um my wife's not working at the moment. So you can do that. So that's it's nice. But <laughs> um, oh, that's excellent.
1: And, and you know it it is um and we do meet people in our journey, you know, collectively. You know, you, you go out, you go to a, an event, a function, a, a dinner, you meet someone, they're running their own business and you reflect on that conversation; it sounds very different to what you're doing, and and or their views on. No, you got to work harder. Well, yeah, hard work does definitely come with a successful business. But you know, you can do a lot better with fifty hours a week in your business than you know others. And 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 the key to me is the value of that fifty hour. Because as a business owner, until such time that you've truly got the exit succession and or management team in place, you're doing the fifty hours. Now, we, we live 168 hours a week, so 50 against 168, it's, like, it's a healthy ratio. So 118 hours to have a lot of fun with your loved ones and do your stuff that you love at an individual level. But 50 hours, it's the quality of those 50 hours that drive that quality of life stuff. And uh, I guess at the fourth year mark, this stuff starts truly rising to the top. And, you know, you have to truly be a... An individual that wants to go into sabotage environment to ruin them, right? You'd have to do some pretty dumb stuff to uh, Charlie Munger, you know, the partner to uh, Warren Buffett, he says, if, if, the, if, if the adult population spent 10 more, you know, if they were 10Xing doing as in 10 times more effort in doing less stupid stuff than trying to be smart, they'll be 10 times more successful. That's Charlie Munger, one of the smartest guys in the world and he's 98 years old. So really profound, sage advice from someone that's valued at six hundred and ninety nine billion dollars. So anyway, who's who's counting? <laughs> In the past twelve months, what have you done differently that you believe has helped? You know, Enhar and you—you you guys are the drivers to win this award. You know, board year three is a, a is a heated like this is a a very competitive and very high performing space and. Yeah, you know, for Enhar to win this, it's as a result of your last twelve months and well done. Congratulations again on it. But what have you done differently that you believe has certainly taken the uh, the top line, middle line, and very importantly the bottom line to the levels you have? What do you think it's been, Trevor? What have you done differently? I
2: think, I, I think the main the main thing is is remaining focused on ideal target market and ideal target jobs within that ideal target client. Um has been critical. And and I think Damien's got really good at that over the last few years, whereas I'm not saying he was bad at it before, but he did like that shiny big object, the new shiny object. And um we've stopped doing that. We're knocking back, um, we're knocking back a lot of jobs now, just not interested, sorry, where we would have just quoted that and maybe wasted a heap of time on quoting and, and then not make much money on it because we're learning new things. I think. I think the systems are really good. We're doing lots of jobs, similar jobs where we can pump work out efficiently. I think that's been a big change and that's where the net profit um, increases come, I think. And a new, not a new area, but a, an area that we're focused on, which where we see the growth has started to, to really come into fruition after, after a couple of years of, of uh, getting to the stage where we can sort of uh, quote on these larger scale solar projects um, and really um, provide some value for our clients, which we're. We're doing now, and they keep coming back. So we've got some good repeat clients in a, in a space we want to be in, be in. And now we're developing that team where we can go out further to the market and really, really develop that area. Further. So, so that a
1: tighter, uh, tighter. uh Let's call it clarity on the ideal target market and the job, which obviously lends itself to the margin. Tighter clarity there. Learning to say no to the ones that fit outside that building a pipeline and schedule of work that's definitely giving you high utilisation and we're delivering as a machine can on time and on budget because we're being more consistent and we're getting more practice in the same area and therefore we're going deeper as it relates to our reputation and our ability and expertise to deliver. Gold, Gold. I mean, you guys heard the, uh, the Business of the Year award speech the other night, the guys that won that. Eight years ago, they had less than 20 people on the team. Eight years later, there are 600 people and 250 uh, vehicles on the road. And they are, let's uh, just say, they just recently sold for tens of millions. Now, that's their story, and it took 400 weeks. right? But it was this time, and it was about this time in the journey, you know, that three, four-year mark, and they said, no, 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 we'll to learn to say no here. We've got to learn to sort of play to our, our strengths and always go one inch higher, one inch higher. So what you just described there, which is no surprise to me because I'm seeing the numbers and I know what has actually occurred for it to happen, because you might say, oh, we're a business benchmark group, but it's phenomenal. And sometimes, you know, we do need to rein that estimator or sales team in and say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, this is exciting and it's good, but let's just do that on the weekend. Don't do it during business hours, right? Let's treat that as a, you know, a a piece that we'll put in our gallery at some point. You know, let's be the artist with that one, but let's be the machine with this one, and look what turns up. And then, you know, with time, you'll get a team that looks after your business, and or you know, you continue to, to lead your business and or you know, have it ready to be sold at a benchmark multiple, if that's part of your exitability plan. And you'll get to do that other stuff, which is a lot of fun right? You'll get to do all that. Trust me, you will. And it's a beautiful thing. So, Damien, from your perspective, um, in the last 12 months, do you have anything further to add to what Trevor said and or your perspective on what you believe in the last 12 months has made the difference for you to be absolutely, you know, at the front end of winning this award?
3: I think it's what, 18 months, really, because the award cycle was to financial year, financial year, uh, uh, I think that's right up there. What Trev said: the ideal target market, ideal jobs, and and getting repeat work for those ideal clients as they they grow their portfolios of projects with us, helping them grow it. Uh, Then we grow as they grow as well. So that's been a really good um, trend. Uh, I think the continual systems improvements have helped um, get the efficiency and results um, that we've. We're getting so those perhaps smaller um, items that or small improvements that aggregate up in our quoting in our, our delivery in our toolkit we've got a, a quarterly competition on um, innovation and efficiency improvement so we, we award some prize money to the staff member who demonstrates the best time-saving uh, innovation um, in our toolkits internally. And that's been good. There's been more competition internally for that and people are thinking more uh, kind of creatively and um, having a bit of fun with it. But that's, that's really good to see because I mean, we're engineers in our company, so love that innovation and, and honing things to make them work better, including our own systems. So I'm looking forward to having that um, leverage more as well.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And it sounds... Uh... You guys read the book, Great Game of Business? Okay, so Jack Stack wrote that book. It's 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 definitely the top 10 books that you'd want to read. And Jack, yeah, you know, Jack wrote that book many years ago. It's called The Great Game of Business. And you just described a key, a key component of that book. Make business fun, make it, make it competitive to have people, you know, belong, and uh, and certainly there's no there's no glass ceiling. So that's what you just described, which is just phenomenal. So, what does success look like for you now? So, Damien, what does you know when you think about the last eighteen months, your trajectory as to where you are right now, where you were four years ago, the you know the thread of continuous and constant improvement. You're moving into this third phase where the people piece and the systems piece becomes even more. Elevated and more, as it relates to juice being squeezed. Um, uh, for every move we make, what does success look like for you now? When you think about success, what what's the picture that comes to your mind?
3: I think the the senior team uh, leading and delivering uh, the monthly results, really, and and then and them synergy between them to provide the kind of integrated service package. That we already provide, but it's, uh, you know, it's me and Trevor are really immersed in in joining those dots um, for our clients and and within our team. So having that senior team that that uh, runs the show really uh, in in the not too distant future. It take time to, to build to that, but sort of getting that ball rolling. Um, that's how I see success uh, looking, and that's that's where I see myself and Trevor being being less. Uh, necessary in, in the operation side and um, even the management side.
1: Fantastic. And Trevor, well, how do you see success now? How do you how do you refer
2: to success now? What does it look like for you now? Similar, similar to Damien, and we've been doing a lot of that in, our, in, the, in the group this year about exitability, and not, that's not selling the business, that's having a business that ticks along without you and makes good profit without being there. So I think my aim, my aim over the next few years is to make myself obsolete um obsolete um with the business ticking over getting some the numbers that we've been getting and, and improving on those numbers as we go and, and yeah, not being on the tools I mean I'm sort of off the tools but when I think about what I do day to day I am still on the tools quoting and BD and, and even still getting into in projects I think yeah getting completely off the tools um and having a management team under us with the business ticking over so that's where I see um yeah see success and if we sort of just sort of connect some of
1: the uh the thread in this, you know, conversation thus far, you know, you're at that point now where, you know, you have had a taste of getting out of your own way. Firstly, you've had a significant move in the right direction with tighter alignment between the two of you. And the and the biggest benefit benefactor of that is the business, which ultimately is your personal lives as a result of that. So, you know, connecting those dots and you're in this phase now where it is a people piece. It is definitely the ability to continuously and – and, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to get it right, but you're going to be closer to getting clearer and clearer so that, okay, what are the next plays in building the org chart that allows us to be by choice, not as involved, by choice. Like some people get to that place of choice and they say, look, well, mate, I'm, I'm too young to be playing golf every day with 82-year-olds, right? I'm just too young to do that. So I want to stay involved or I want to stay engaged. And 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 and, but the place of choice is the place of you know, exitability—the ability to exit on your terms. You are either selling it to a benchmark multiple, or you're allowing it as 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 you should. You're building a 100-year company. That's a very different way of um, looking and thinking. And and at this level, you know, four years into our journey, and you know the the what's come to the top and the surface for you guys right now is success. As we see, we don't need to be as involved. But, wow, the journey I'm on, this is what I definitely want to be involved in as it relates to the business and how I play my piece in the game, which is really cool, right? It's, a, it's it's, an amazing, like if, you, if someone had met you four years ago and said, hey, in four years' time, you're going to have a conversation about not being as involved and you're going to be making more money or the business is going to be more successful, you'd sort of listen to that and say, geez, that sounds like a dream, man. That's amazing, but I don't know if I can do that. In most cases, that's small business which is why, you know, at Business Benchmark, group are working with small business owners, but we're a small business as well. We get it. We know exactly what it takes to have at an ownership level and at a team level, the right people in the right seat, doing the right things, being clear about their right responsibilities. And um, typically you get it right when you're, you're at that point. So it's really, really cool. I love that because you you both gravitate back to, again, leveraging people, leveraging systems, leveraging the reputation that you have and, that is a surefire guarantee to be giving you, as you both suggested, less time on your terms doing the things you don't want to be doing. Um, do you have specific goals to reach in this financial year, in the next 12 months? It could be, uh, you know, increasing profit, and we've heard a little bit of that from X to X. It could be about employing X number of staff in these specific areas, or maybe there's a geographical uh, expansion. There could be diversification, same product, new market, or it could be new product service, same market, you know, the bolt-ons and the add-ons that, you know, as long as we're not all of a sudden going to become pizza makers, which I don't think you will, but as long as you're not doing something crazy like that, bolt-ons, and maybe merger and uh, acquisition of bits and pieces that might be coming into play now because of where you're at. Um, Do you have any specific um, goals or or targets for the business in the next 12 to 18 months or the next couple of financial years on the back of some consistency now over the last 18 to 24 months in your results? Damien? Yeah. um, I also,
3: yeah, I think the goal is, the tangible goal is around gross profit, and we, we've we spooked that with our team at the last quarterly meeting. Uh, we're going to probably revise that based you know, in light of what's realistic in the next six months. But that was a nice uh, c- company-wide goal to also set a kind of celebratory um, outcome that's something of value to the whole team off the back of that. Uh, so that's a gross profit goal. Uh, team growth uh is on the table and um, we haven't um set strict numeric um targets on that so we're more looking at the the, the midline and bottom line results and, and internally sort of at the management level we have a net profit goal in our flight plan that we developed with um bbg so uh also diversifying major clients we've got a few sectors where we've got uh, great um, track record with uh, a small number of clients, sometimes even one type of client for one type of service. or Sorry, one client, one major client for a service area. And so, in those, a couple of those, we're going to di- targets to diversify to two or more major clients in the, in each service area. So we're we're spread across um, different uh, clients. That's my thoughts on this year's targets.
1: Yeah, okay. excellent. And, uh and and Trevor from your perspective um you know, four years in and uh obviously been on a journey and you know recently we had the uh, the charity gala event and and, and whatever have and the community is definitely growing. but uh what has been your favorite aspects of your program so far
2: Uh I think a bit of motivation um the motivation is 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 good for me to to really understand that, yeah this can be a, a proper Profitable, long-term, sustainable business, which I didn't think we, it could be four years ago. To be perfectly honest, um, so that's that's probably the biggest thing. I do enjoy seeing Damien every every month and um, what his hairstyle looked like and what he's wearing. But um, yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> what, and I think and I think just a shared um, vision between me and Damien as business partners. We didn't know each other before we started this. As I said, I think before we started, but this I sort of started. With Inha on a bit of a whim, I was at a bit of a loose end. I couldn't get a job in the industry I wanted to work in that I liked and this opportunity came up and um, we moseyed along for quite some time and then uh, the Business Benchmark Group really set in stone um, structure in the business, uh, a vision, um, and, yeah, me and Damien really been on the same page in, in what Nhar could be.
1: Mate, amazing. Um, I'm going to move into some, um, if, if this was it, the dating scene, this would be called speed dating, right, but it's not. Trust me, it's not. But I'm going to ask some questions, make a statement, and I'm going to play between each other. You guys have just got to fill the blank, right? So don't overthink it. Just straight to the point, two or three minutes, handful of questions, starting with the first one. I'll start with you, Trevor. Business benchmark group helped me?
2: I think get motivated. Uh, yeah.
1: Damien, over to you. How are you feeling now compared to how you were feeling 12 months ago?
3: From a business perspective, more confident.
1: Trevor, yeah. how has Business Benchmark Group helped you and your business so far?
2: Uh, well, to get structured, to get, to get good on the numbers, uh, motivation um, and shared vision. Damien, what do you think
1: it takes to succeed in business? Persistence and uh, upskilling. Trevor, what do you think it takes to succeed in business?
2: Well, do the work. Um, yeah, do the work. Do the work. And, be, and okay. want it, I think. And want it. Actually realise that, yeah, um, you want a business that's successful, not just because uh, just you think it's a good idea.
1: What is your overall assessment with your time with Business Benchmark Group to date? Damien. Yeah, thumbs
3: up. Stefan, uh, uh, yeah, the seeing over the horizon that we haven't seen yet and, and telling us what we what to do to get there and what not to do, that's simple as that. So,
1: yeah, it's good. Trevor, what does a business benchmark group winner do with his free time?
2: Well, my free time? What do I do with it? Sorry, yeah. I missed that question, Stefan. So, it's
1: what does a great. business benchmark group winner do with his free time? Oh,
2: his free time, oh, uh, footy club president. I uh, know. Oh, oh, and <laughs> play guitar. Yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been president for seven years, mate. Power yeah. to you and the helped, things you it's do. Helped, it's, helped. it's helped business benchmarks help with that actually, just making you know getting that a bit more organised, and and that's helped my personal life as well. So, isn't yeah, that amazing? The, various... the
1: ripple of the ripple effect of the, the stuff we do. I mean, it's just. It is profound well done mate well done to that because that takes a lot of uh, takes a lot of heart and spirit to be a president of a local football club and a lot of hard work that gets unpaid let's call it and not that you're doing it to get paid but there's no, something about God, that in, sure. <laughs> there's something about that in giving back that's very notable mate well done uh, Damien do you have any advice for future business owners joining the business benchmark group programs?
3: I'd say be prepared to scale up your, your ambition um, and your, your expectation of what you can actually achieve. Um, it's exciting, but it's, not, it's also not for the faint-hearted. So um, don't expect it to be uh, uh,
1: comfortable all the time, but I wouldn't look back, so go for it. And Trevor, do you have any advice for future business owners joining the Business Benchmark Group programs?
2: Yeah, I think I, I think um, go for it because there's some definitely some positives. There's obviously some positives that come out of it, and I think most small business owners aren't good at running businesses. They might be good at carpentry or plumbing, but they're not good at running the business, and and that's what's really good. And the other thing I really like is just hearing about hearing from other business owners. I think that's a, a strong point of the program, which I didn't think when we started that would be that good. So it's good hearing that every business owner has the same issues, the same. Uh, the same thing's going on, even though are in a completely different industry. So I think that's quite a quite a good point of, a good part of Business Management Group. So, yeah, go for
1: it. Yeah, thank you, Trevor and uh, Damien. Damien Nederhan and Trevor Ackland, owners of Enhar, board year three, Business of the Year award winners, 2022. Congratulations. Thanks for sharing and uh, being very abundant with your time and your uh, your views and your reflection. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you so
2: much. Thanks, Bye. Seven. See, ya. See you
0: later. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 039001 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well.